Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about the Scourge of the Past review. Gave my thoughts about it. Did express on the outset of that talk that I wasn't happy with the leveling and the timing given that only career players, people that can play 12 and 16 hours a day, it's just appealing to streamers. And then the team that went in and won, I am happy for them and want to congratulate them. But it's a little, in my opinion, it's sort of lame that people going in are so high level uh, they only had one person below the 41 delta. Everybody was 641, 646, or higher. They had one person at 638. I would have liked them see space these out so that more people can be involved in the in the world's first race. And I would also like them see to make the leveling a little different so that you can't go in and be essentially quote unquote over leveled for the encounters. It should be a little bit more challenging given the nature that it was a two hour uh, completion, but. My overwhelming sense of this raid is positive. I enjoyed it. I enjoy the mechanics. The fights are very unique. Uh, It's not like anything in Destiny. Very much reminds me of Wrath of the Intensity, splitting up the team and the things that are required of you. But do take issue with some of the lack of loot and then the lack of perks and things on the guns and the armor. It's still an issue uh, that I had. And then going forward was hoping they put more weapons in there and just put more reasons to grind for raid loot. Uh, maybe a currency to re-roll the gear like they did in Wrath. Things like that. So let's just jump right in here into the questions. Fat Hotshot with the first question. Do you think the raid should have had another encounter? I love it, but it felt like another encounter for loot. Well, my concern about the lack of loot is just that. I mean, I said that a little bit ago. It's like one of the reasons it seems like maybe they didn't put much loot in there is because they there's only so many encounters. And then if you split up the loot too much... You're going to end up with, uh, I can't get the gun because there's multiple chances for multiple things in each encounter, and then that makes it more painful. I don't think people would complain, though. I mean, obviously, if you're going for the shotgun and you keep getting a, an you know, an auto rifle every week, there's no auto rifle, but let's just imagine that there was, right? Then I could definitely see people saying that, well, I like that there's less loot because it, it funnels it funnels the the loot pool better so that I can have better chances at the things that I want. I'm not sure if that's the right reason to limit the loot pool. And as you're saying, if there was just one more encounter, they could give us more loot. I don't know how they could make another encounter. It's a decent sized raid. As I argued, you know, I don't know if I put this in my talk. I might have put this in between. I think when you compare compare it to Wrath of the Machine, I think it stacks up given that some of Wrath is very, very simple. For example, first phase of Axis and first phase of Vosik, all of that is just extremely basic. And I think you lose like I think Wrath loses a little bit of points there in the race, just given that First phase of Vosik and first phase of Axis is very simple. The first opener encounter to this raid and then the opening encounter to the final boss fight with the tanks I think are far more fun and complex. And I, so I think this stacks up to Wrath and is very, very fun. Now, I think Wrath needed one more encounter. I've always said I felt like the tank, the siege engine should have went down into the water and we should have had to fight it. Uh, we should have had to fight it. Again, all Siva-ified. That was a missed opportunity. The front side of that tank just looks so cool. That was a bit of a missed opportunity. Um, but another encounter would have been nice. I honestly felt like a real easy thing they could have done, given how fun the, the, the opening city is. 
I think once you once you unlocked the you know the way forward, it would have been really nice if they would have said, "Oh hey, um, now there's a boss fight," and the boss fight could have had those guys coming out with the chest thing that you have to do. Because I I love that I love that mechanic. I think that little that little saucy fight with that guy is so neat. How you kind of have to navigate that as a team. You know, one person goes in, draws the aggro, generally tries to get him to spin around. Um, and then after you get him to spin around, you know, you got to shoot him in the front and the back. Some people try to melee, but again, the stunning thing, you can't really get close to him for like an easy melee. And I like that. I think they did really, really cool things with it. It'd been cool if like you had to kill those guys to get the balls and then throw the balls at the boss. And I know people don't like that's a recycled mechanic. That would have been a kind of a cool ender of, Hey, you summon the city's, you know, the city's, you know, protector or something or the, the, the city's gate lord and then he would have tried to keep you out and that could have been another chance it drops you know you complete that first thing and then a big giant gate opens and out he comes and then again then you're having to do the same thing right you're splitting the team up you got one guy up top saying oh the guys are coming out over here you know you're gonna have to go and get the things and you gotta ride you know sparrows and clear the ads and then get there and throw the things at him and take his shield down that could have been a really intense fight that would have been a lot of fun i don't think it would have been that all that complex either uh just given the nature that they've done stuff like that before it could have been it could have been pretty good but it's always easy on hindsight to say bungie could have done more this would have been a really cool idea that's really easy for me to do from the sidelines i don't know how crunch time looked on this raid um it's pretty substantive given we just got a raid uh in the last wish that is enormous and extremely complex uh last wish probably one of the most complex raids in all of destiny uh probably another reason to be frustrated by the riven cheese honestly given that it's the most complex fight we've ever really been faced with and nobody's actually engaging with it so <laughs> but given that you know how big last wish was i'll, I'll give him a little bit of a pass on the size of scourge uh scourge of the past i'll give him a little bit of a pass um just because you know it could have it, it it uh it could have been a lot smaller they could have just given us another raid layer and they could have completely cut out sections of this and literally just gave us honestly they could have if if it was exactly like the other the other raid layers with respect to size then you could have just said here is uh Here's here's a here's a race on your sparrows and the two encounters at the end. It would have been basically the exact same size as Eater of Worlds. Um, I'm gonna try and get 14 headshots before we kill this boss. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it. Gonna be tough. Uh, because we're pressed for time as well. Um, but it might help them get good damage on him if I'm over here killing all of the ads. Auto rifle kills is not that hard with this half dan. You're getting shot a lot in here, and so you end up missing because of flinch a lot. It's a pretty good gun for this challenge uh, section of it, honestly. How many more do we need? Eight more? Oh, I might actually be able to get this done before we kill him. I should get shots on him. Uh, next question. What part of the upcoming Forge are you most excited about? I like the idea of grinding for random rolls. I wish her grind, Ada's grind, was not so bad. Um, you're you're, you're going to see me do it during this question and answer session. Uh, having to constantly go back to the tower, I honestly don't know what they were thinking. 
uh, making us constantly go back to the tower is a gigantic bummer. I need two more headshot kills and then we can kill the boss. Um, it just feels like the, if, if, if I'm supposed to be in here grinding and you want me in here doing, you know, staying in the matchmaking and all of that, then why do you keep making me leave the encounter? You know, because like right now I'm working on it, right? That's why we stopped. I got my auto rifle kills so that I could get a bunch of seeds from him. And now the seeds will drop in the next encounter from the, from the blue guys that we have to fight. And then when I'm done with that, I get the gun, right? But I have to go see her. I, like after I do all that, I have to go see her and then I got to come back and then I can complete another forge. It doesn't make any sense. Like I do the thing, I get the seeds. I do the forge, that gives me the gun, right? Why am I getting the headshot kills, getting the seeds, and then, oh, hey, you have to do the forge. But in between getting the seeds and doing the forge, you have to go talk to her. You're going to go all the way to the tower. You're going to leave the forge and go to the tower for her to say, oh, hey, thanks for coming here. Go back to the forge. eh, That's not needed. It's not needed. Just remove us, remove a step for Pete's sakes. I get these 10 seeds and then, then here's the other problem, right? I'm in here with my buds. I get these 10 seeds and guess what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go to the tower to try to get the thing and then I'm going to try and rejoin them and I can't because they don't have a firewalled instance version of it. It automatically puts people in here. Uh, so my spot will get taken by somebody. Now that's good. You want matchmaking to be fast, but if we could come in here and do a firewall instance, it wouldn't be as bad. Cause I could be like, no big deal guys. We're about halfway through the forge. I got all the seeds I needed. Now I'm going to go to the tower. I'm going to get the thing. I'm going to come back. And by the time I come back, you guys are going to be done. Now, obviously if you're working on it with your buds and everybody gets to that step at the exact same time, you got to take turns going to the tower and hopefully you don't, you know, you don't fail the instance in that time where you're leaving two people and then boomeranging back. It just feels completely unnecessary. It feels completely unnecessary. Um, so I think it could be a great grind. I think the, the opportunity for random perks and random rolls is always exciting. And I know people looking for optimum builds are probably going to say there's not enough good new perks. Uh, but I would say that's subjective to the player. And I think a lot of players are probably going to come in here and really enjoy going for, you know, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good and a fun weapon grind, but I'm worried that people are going to get sick of going back to the tower and they're just going to say, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't really care enough to do this. Contain the grind within the forge. Like if I could just keep the, the other thing too, if I could just keep the frames in my inventory, right? And then whenever I want to, whenever I want to do one, I just charge it up with the modulus reports. I just charge them up. Well, if I do that, then I don't ever have to leave the forge. I'm here. Modulus reports are dropping. I'm using the modulus reports to charge up, you know, my next key, you know, my next thing. And then I just keep going. I think that'd be a really cool way of doing it. Uh, Jimmy can't play. Do you think Last Witch is going to continue to satisfy big raid appetite going forward? For these DLCs, do you think it will fade into irrelevancy? I don't think, if you want my honest opinion, I don't think people enjoy Last Wish Raid that much. I think, I think on the outside, on the outset, it set a really bad precedent. I think people were really annoyed with the Delta scaling. They went in there with their buds week one, and it was just like, we can't get anything done. This is freaking stupid. RNG made it to where people couldn't get leveled, so they went in and were weak. 
and they're probably remembering all those times that they went to the tower the prime ingram and didn't get the thing they needed while then it adds insult to injury right it's like we're too weak to do the encounter we want to do the encounter we've been dedicated to leveling and every time we tried to level we couldn't i think last wish left a bad taste in people's mouths all also people just freaking cheese it anyway right and we're so strong, it's just like, well, you know, just strong arm your way through the whole thing, and then cluster bomb Riven. You know, the, the best encounters are Riven, are Riven in the vault, but if you bypass the vaults, I'm sorry, if you bypass Riven's mechanics, all you're really left with is Riven. Morgeth is just super, super easy, uh, and because of, of Whisper. And then you can strong arm your way through Kali. You can strong arm your way through Riven. Shirochi is really good. I at least like it. At Shirochi, you can't you can't just you know ham fish your way through that. You've got to satisfy the mechanics. I like that aspect of of that uh, that encounter. That I think is good. We need we need more encounters that cannot be cheesed. Um, I think. I think that's a, that's a thing that's necessary, which is why I really like the last boss fight in this raid. Amish Milkman, do you think that with the new weapon mods, there might be a raid-specific mods drop in the future content? Well, they brought back raid-specific mods again, but they're fallen in nature this time. So if you remember, there are some of those mods inside of Last Wish. Taken armaments, taken barriers, stuff like that. Uh, those drop, and then... You can you can put those on your armor and feel stronger in the raid, but they're only for taken. So they're like, we don't want to limit player freedom. And I'm like, yeah, but you're gonna give me mods that if I put on my gear, feel feel st- the gear then feels stupid outside the raid if I'm not fighting taken. So an extra slot for for raid mods would be good on raid gear, uh, or just an intrinsic perk. And now we're faced with the problem of being here, and I need to return to Ada instead of finishing the forge. I'm already here and can finish the forge, but if I leave, I'll lose my place. I'll lose my my slot with my my team. So, just a just a not not the best structure uh, for a grind, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Subject Omega says. Do you think the raid loot is worth it this time around? Fusion rifle and the shotgun. Oh, I forgot about the fusion rifle. In my opinion, I'm loving the new raid, even if it's so short. The shotgun's amazing. I think the scout rifle is built for the the final encounter when you're on the rooftops because it's arc and it has uh, and it has box breathing. Um, so I actually think that's going to be fun to have a gun that you basically just get a really good roll on it and you use it in that part for that roll. I think that's fun having guns like that. Like I, I had certain things that I did with fusion grenades, Viking funeral and starfire protocol that I did in the Axis fight that you couldn't generally do everywhere because you weren't getting your super back fast enough. Right. I'd be really selective for when I used my radiance and shuck the grenades um, also, sometimes you would just hold on to Radiance for the self-res. You wouldn't want to use it um, because it would feel like a waste. So I like when something has like a specific role. But yeah, the fusion rifle and the rocket launcher, I don't understand. They just seem awful. Uh, it's, it's upsetting to have. You should never be able to say the sentence, this piece of raid gear is terrible. That should not be a sentence that gets uttered so often, and now we have two raids in a row, Last Wish and Scourge of the Past, where the rockets are garbage. Um, so, 
I I would like the raid loot to be better. I already kind of addressed this, so I don't want to I don't want to beat the dead horse too much. Nova hands. Hey Lona, Ada One has some D1 gunsmith vibes to me, and I think it has some potential to be better and deeper. What additional features would you like to see added to the vendor? What do you think about having a set rotation of frames manufacturers that you could intentionally grind for? Okay, so her her augmented weapons are a bit of a joke right now but it is a good placeholder for as you said to go deeper and give it a bit of a gunsmith feel if i knew if i knew that i could go to her and grab one of those and get a specific gun let's say i really really want an augmented roll on um a half dan Maybe I really want more options on the half hand just to see what I can get. Uh, you need time to turn it prime? No worries. Then then I would pick it from her. I'd come in here and I'd buy it. And then I'd go do it and be like, okay, cool. I, maybe I can get a better roll on a half dan. I love that as a concept. What I don't love is you come in, you buy it from her and you go do it. And it just spits out a random weapon. Like earlier I did one and I got a misfit and then I got a main ingredient. And I was just like, those aren't weapons that interest me. Um, so even if I get the gun, if they if they didn't cost modulus reports, I could see maybe being worth it. But since they cost four modulus reports, it costs six to buy this thing. You know? maybe up the cost and I can pick specifically what gun I want or something I don't know I think they could go further with it to give players more intentionality because I think people are going to run it and if you're not paying close attention you're going to be like why is this an augmented weapon it doesn't look any different unless you're paying really close attention you're going to say this is no different this is stupid so augmented weapons have an extra perk and it's not an extra perk like in the sense that you would think so let's just say I got an augmented half Dan, okay? Instead of just having drop mag and steady rounds, like I can choose here, having quick draw and rampage here, I can't choose anything. They're static. An augmented half Dan would have one extra perk right here. That's it. That's the only difference. It doesn't make the gun more unique or more powerful. It, it, it has more potential when it drops. That's pretty much it. So if you had intentionality, it'd be okay, but even then, I don't think they went far enough with augmented weapons. They didn't go far enough. Having an extra mod slot would be cool. She has new mods. Like, that's what an augmented weapon should have if you want my honest opinion. You'd be like, well, I got a main ingredient, and it's okay. And you'd be like, yeah, but it has two mod slots. Oh, maybe I can stack this thing with two different mods and make it really broken. Oh, that would break certain guns. Well, I mean, maybe really, really pinnacle versions of legendary weapons, you just couldn't get them to drop from there. But you could bring up, like, less efficient weapons. Like, what if you could get an augmented... That bad news that drops from the the forge, right? It's a 110. It's not that great of a weapon. If you get a really good roll on it, it's decent. What if you could get that gun with a good roll and then two mod slots? So you could give it, you know, increased mag size and... uh, And targeting adjuster so you get the extra bullets for the 110 to help feed rampage well no you could put rampage extender on it and threat detector i don't know just like oh well this 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 doesn't make it unbelievably broken but it might make it stand out against some of the other other weapons do you think bungie is putting from bamford 38 here asking do you think bungie's putting too much faith 
in raids to carry a DLC. I mean, there's only a small percentage of the community who plays them, and they get five bar, by far the most dev input for a DLC of this size. There's no way for you to know that. I feel the general game needs more attention. New weapons and armor in the vendors, for example. Well, I'm going to agree with the latter half of your statement. Yes, if the vendors got new guns, if there were more gun archetypes in the game, that would always be better, right? I think the annual pass is meant to be like a content injection of Forsaken with respect to new weapons, new archetypes, and new perks. But since it's a $35 annual pass, you're stretching out those new injections over a really long period of time. So every single time we get a piece of the annual pass, it's going to add marginal increases of stuff, not significant increases of stuff. Now, the front half of your question is false. I'm I'm going to just say that it's false. It does, you, you can't say the raid gets too much development time because there's a specific team that works on the raid. It's not like the team that could be working on giving you new weapons is spinning their wheels and wasting their time on the raid. It's a specific it's a specific team that works on the raid. Right? I it, it's if if they were pulling people off of weapons, if they told us this, then your your critique is fair. Guys, we we kind of pull people off the you know, off weapon injection. We really feel like rage should get a lot more development time. Then your critique is fair. Given how everything's divided up, I think the sandbox team is usually who kind of orchestrates and sees like what's going to be getting added to the weapon pool and how much of it and then they kind of go from there so the last half of your comment I do generally agree with number one the raid doesn't have enough weapons it needs more I think the forge itself needs more and I think that when you're when you're navigating a loot grind when you when you could say when you can keep coming back to year one stuff like Milo's been good to point out there just is not a kinetic hand cannon to replace Midnight Coup. I pushed back and I said, well, the differences between kinetics isn't that great of a difference, right? You can only kill trash ads so fast, so what difference does it make? Milo's been good to point out, at the very least, give me a replacement so I can use something different. If I like the Midnight Coup, gun style and archetype and perk combinations, at least for the love of Frick, let me replace it so that I can, you know, I can I can run a, just something that looks different. I agree with that, and I think your question kind of gets at that, and I would love to see more. We may have to temper our expectations and just expect that by the time Penumbra lands in the summer of next year, maybe then all year one weapons will be replaced because we're fully complete with year two. You know? Like, if you think about it like that, like, the way that they've structured this, the annual pass is basically meant to be the delivery of year two, and if that's the case, then you're not going to get all the replacements of the year one gear until you get to the end of year two. Forsaken in the annual pass ushers in year two. Now, is that ideal? Not necessarily, but if they just dump loot on us every single time and you're replacing your midnight coup and your reason for replacing the midnight coup is basically a cosmetic desire, then that might be a lot of bandwidth wasted on you using the same loadout you've always used. Well, I'm using a 150 hand cannon to replace my midnight coup and a trench barrel shotgun, so I'm not doing really anything that much different than what I've been doing. Uh, And, um, oh, I use that at the absolute worst possible time. Uh, And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I don't know. 
Good night, 402. Do you think Bungie should have put a soft cap in before a scourge? I have been saying since Wrath of the Machine that the leveling system for Worlds First is stupid because people get leveling advantages in the raid that they don't earn, in my opinion. Gaming the system and saving stuff, like, I'm never going to fault anybody for doing it. I'm not going to be like, how dare you do that? But you didn't earn that, man. You didn't earn that. It's not like you looked at the landscape of what was required of you to level up for Scourge of the Past and just dedicated time and intelligence. If you're saving milestones and saving bounties and everything else, you're not earning your level within Scourge of the Past or Black Armory. You're earning your level from old stuff. And then you go in and you're like, yeah, it's a, it's a 540 recommended encounter and I'm above that delta going in. I just think that's freaking corny. I, you know, it's like, just tell people, here's the leveling cap. Nobody's getting past this. So every team going in is at the same level if they put in enough time, right? Everybody can go in at 630. It's a 640 encounter. You're going to be a little underleveled on the outset, and then it's going to get harder as you go, right? So then your time put in in RNG wouldn't really dictate who's stronger and who's not. Now, RNG would dictate depth of gear. Maybe you got a really good scout rifle with a really good roll while you were leveling up, and that depth of gear really helped you in the final fight because scouts are you know, especially helpful in there. But then it's depth of gear and intelligence that's landing on advantages, not, oh, I had better RNG than you or I gained the system. You know, I... It just seems silly, and the raid launch date and the leveling is not built for hardcore players. It's built for people who play beyond the scope of hardcore players' engagement levels. I play for eight or nine hours a day. That's hardcore. When these raid launch dates come out and the leveling is so convoluted and you have to do every square inch of the game just to even hope to get at level, well, that's that's not... I'm playing 12 and 16 hour days. That's not hardcore uh, player... Um, like engagement levels that's beyond a hardcore player so i and i know some people are like oh well if that was the leveling that'd be boring it doesn't need to be boring it just needs to be more streamlined take the rng out of it and don't let people get above a certain level and for frick's sakes don't let them save stuff if you're turning in stuff from the previous season it should just all be level capped at that previous level cap every time it just i don't understand why that's not a thing i just i don't i don't get that i did it again right at the buzzer but at least i got some super back how do you feel about the forges so far being both mechanically the same if we're meant to grind the forges it would be nice if they weren't copy and paste with a different paint job i mean i don't know what people expect again it's a $10 it's a $10 DLC basically and you get three different forges to do and within the three different forges you have a different boss and the boss actually does have different mechanics because the servitor can like teleport you and that's you know that can be kind of annoying you can't just sit and do what we're doing now because you get teleported whisper is still pretty much king because of ammo economy like if you're patient and dig in and land good shots on the servitor the ammo economy is worth it um but i think it's fine i mean most other games that do a ten dollar dlc i don't think would give you as much as we got i don't think you'd get nearly as much as we got i think you'd get quite a bit less um actually um, that's a 600 RPM with 
snapshot rangefinder and ricochet rounds i don't know that might be decent in uh in crucible this has got stability quick draw kill clip i think if you're going to use that gun you want the shield buster some of the cool unique shield buster uh perks to land on it instead of uh instead of that um DJ may oh but to go back to this to go back to this question I think for ten dollars the fact that we're getting three forges and a raid uh, and all the loot that comes with it I don't really think we can look it in the look look at it look at it and say this isn't enough I I don't I don't know man like to me it's like they ba- the forge functions as a strike it's just not linear there's waves of enemies there's mechanics there's a boss. What do you do differently in strikes? You don't do anything differently in strikes. Well, the thing you do differently in strikes is you don't freaking kill anything. You just run past all the enemies, right? That that doesn't that that's not anything. That's not anything significant that they're adding to the game. You play the strike once or twice, then you don't even kill anything. You just run past everything. I think the forges are fine. I think the grind should be more streamlined so you don't have to do what I'm doing right now. Going back to the tower twice for every weapon reforging is stupid. DJ May 88. How do you feel about adding ammo crates in the forge, which can be available only to, uh, at the start and in between rounds? Yeah, something would be nice. Either a rally flag at the beginning or ammo boxes would be good too. Kind of the ammo boxes on the walls like they have in Gambit. Maybe something like that um, would be good. Um, and as Enviro saying in chat, I wonder if they playtest this content. I don't understand how some of it's put together. I Again, I think... If you're prioritizing buckshot content, like boom, just like let's give them, let's give them lots of little pieces of content. I think quality control is going to go down a little bit because it's not a precise sniper delivery of content. Here is a raid. Here is how it works. Here's the mechanics, etc. When you do forge or the forge grind, it's almost like buckshot content. It's not precise, so some of it does feel like it needs quality adjustments for the experience of grinding. Melodic Gamer, do you think the raid weapons are worth grinding for? Not saying that the weapons are bad, but I miss the uniqueness of raid weapons like Genesis Chain. Do you think Bungie should make the curated roles more unique and exclusive? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes you guys, I'm not saying that's what this question does. You're literally just feeding me back my own words. Like, I said that during the talk, and I've also said it this morning, and I've also said it in previous talks. Maybe you've just never heard me say it, but I feel like I've been very, very, very consistent in, in saying that curated roles are the perfect example and opportunity for them to do unique perks and curated roles on raid weapons I said this about the last wish and the current raid if you do curated roles on those guns they should have unique perks so like I've said this enough times I don't feel like this question has to be uh, asked maybe you just have missed the numerous times I've said it and you're really unlucky but I've said this many times I to answer your initial question yes I do think the raid weapons are worth it. I think they're cool, and I think they can roll with perks that make them worthy of use. The scout rifle in the end fight, and then the shotgun. The fusion and the rocket are ho-hum, but, you know, we'll see with time. Maybe they can do something. Uh, Doit, uh, do it, uh, do it to it says, do you think matchmaking for the forge was intended to be as cumbersome as it is? It's so weird that you have to load into the planet, drive to the forge, activate matchmaking, then you go through another load of matchmaking. Do you think they'll change it? I'll say that it if it proves one thing, it proves they were telling the truth about matchmaking in instances like this being difficult. Um, they, they definitely set it up in an odd way. 
they did. I don't understand why we drive here and then matchmake. I don't understand, like, why once you're in there, you keep backing out and going back in and backing out and going back in. I don't understand why if you want people to stay in here and keep doing matchmaking, why you make me go to the tower twice. Why you make me go to the tower twice when working on forge weapons? Uh, once to get the frame and the second time for her to tell me go back to the forge again as I just kind of said in response to Enviro I feel like with buckshot content there's less precision in delivery they're just kind of giving us boom yo, here's some stuff to do there's going to be some of those quality points that just don't get checked you know they just don't check them I don't know why we have to drive all the way here and then I don't know why we have to boomerang so much to the tower that stuff will probably get maybe changed with time uh, Vladimir 2K, you say you want to level cap to the raid, but people then will say Bungie putting an artificial cap. Let me level how I want. I feel like anything Bungie does, there's always an outrage. Okay, the only reason you would put a soft cap before the raid is because the raid has to be, I think, for raids to properly be difficult, there has to be an appropriate entry point of level so that each encounter appropriately makes you feel appropriately makes you feel like weak i'm not saying like cheap weak like they did with the delta scaling in the last wish where your tissue paper in the second and third encounter and that's primarily where the difficulty is derived from but i do think there's a healthy amount of wow these enemies are strong i'm not quite up to par yet as i grind this raid i will get loot that will help me with this right that i think is different and so you put that soft cap in now keep in mind that soft cap would go away as soon as the raid launches you're only doing that to ensure people don't people don't over level for the raid because that's just been one of the primary complaints that people have had is like you have this last wish raid and then you end up congratulating people that exploited their way to levels higher than they should have been they go into the raid with advantages over other teams based off of their level of gaming the system as well as their RNG. So it's like, it just feels like a really, really weird congratulatory system of, hey, you gamed the system and saved a bunch of stuff and got to higher levels than we intended you to get. Oh, and you had a whole lot better RNG than these other people over here. So your level's quite a bit higher. Congratulations on your achievement that you basically contributed nothing to other than playing, rolling the dice on RNG, on priming grams and milestones. Oh, and to limit how much that RNG hurt you, you saved things from previous seasons and gamed the system and you went in and you were completely and utterly far and away stronger than virtually every other team in existence so your competition gets shrunk to like four teams you know I just think it's such a strange way to to have endgame content structured and it's also just a really strange way to congratulate people you know nobody has done anything wrong so I'm not like calling out teams I'm calling out Bungie like structure the content in a way where you're not congratulating teams that have what what could be described and constituted as unfair advantages based off of leveling and exploits like it just I, I don't really know if I was a developer I would not want to be congratulating people for beating my content who basically kind of cheese their way to be over leveled and then other people that they're competing against didn't have a chance to do that didn't know they could do that or had bad RNG if you get bad RNG man it will screw your ability to progress it will you know like 
if you're a team with a guy who got screwed and he keeps dying and it's really hurting your efficiency and you get second or third place that's like a bit of a bummer if I saw a team win that was at that was at the delta of the raid and I knew they did exploits and I knew they did like you know oh I saved all this stuff and I knew they did all of this to get an advantage over my team I'd be kind of like well that's lame yeah like Clyde gets 20 weapons in a row and that any team he's on he's then a bit of a he's a bit of a of a downer on it's like well he's pulling his teams he's pulling his team down you keep dying so I, that's why I think a soft cap's just the answer to this problem. More intentionality over leveling and then just a soft cap. Now, obviously, the teams that game the system and are in top contention every time, they don't like they don't like anybody saying this because it doesn't serve it doesn't serve their aims. So keep that in mind when 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 directory leaders are defending things that are good for them and not good for you. If it's good for them and not good for you, then call a spade a spade and be like, you're not really arguing for the good of the game. You're arguing for the good of your channel and your relevancy during the raid, right? Just call a spade a spade, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Man, this is really good for me as a streamer. This is really good for me as a hardcore player. Keep in mind, I'm one of those directory leaders who gets to sit top five the week leading up to the raid and day of raid. I get to sit up at the top with great viewership and tons of people clicking and checking out what we're doing and then coming back later in the day once it's been beaten and stuff. Like, keep in mind, this system benefits Lono. And Lono can still say, I don't like this system. It's not exactly a fair race. And... It's also, I don't think, a good look for the community in general. I, you know, that's just my opinion. People are going to disagree with it, but if they're disagree with it, if they're if they're disagreeing with it, primarily coming from a place of their benefit, <laughs> then again, it's bias laden, and it really, I think, it minimizes the the relevancy and the and the and the the validity of their opinion. So. Tribal, how do you feel about Bungie finally designing a raid with a multitude of ranges given hand cannon, shoddy users, scout snipers, time shining? I love it. I absolutely love that final encounter. I think that space is so cool. Oh, it's so cool. I've not felt like that since, honestly, we've not felt like that since King's Fall, where enemies are really far away and, and they're pesky. If you remember, like, the knights at Totems, oh my gosh. The knights at Totems were a freaking headache, but it was a cool pain point. The knights at Crota were kind of like that too. The boomers would come out and they'd, you know, they'd be a bit of a headache. Uh, and then you'd, uh, you'd, you'd have to kind of deal with them quickly. But I, I love it. I, I love going in there, like running a sniper and a shotgun was such a weird way to play, but it was cool because that's the other thing that's cool. They don't just let you camp out on a building and just easily pick things apart. Like you can you can get owned by a catch showing up and a captain showing up and you're like, um, <laughs> I just got wrecked because I didn't have, uh, you know, I didn't have shotgun ammo. You know, I love it. I think it's a really cool environment. I think they need to do more environments like that where there's the pain is is uh, varied with respect to range efficiency. Uh, Zimdars24 says, what are your thoughts on powerful bounties that are saved for new DLC to drop an updated 650 power level rather than 600 and are completed at? Yeah, I mean, I just went on a full-on, basically, a rant about this. Old stuff should get capped. It just should. The game should see and classify and say, okay, you're turning in a bounty from the old level cap. 
it, it instantly gets capped okay every bounty in the game right now that can give you a powerful reward every single one of them should be marked it should be marked with a 650 power cap it just should and that way that way if people if people before you know season of the drifter happens and before joker's wildlands if they're saving all these bounties ain't gonna do jack squat for them it's just gonna drop a bunch of stuff at 650 that's exactly how it should work Ooh, i haven't got the grenade launcher yet from here Ooh, a spike nade snapshot rampage that might actually be kind of fun i'm gonna keep that and it's got velocity uh masterwork on it I think this is a cool-looking gun. I really do. I like I like the look and feel of these forge guns. And spike nades, I think, have a place. They should maybe buff grenade launchers against bosses in general. Um, not a global buff, but against bosses. And then spike nades. I, I know James Work likes to use grenade launchers with spike names in certain spots of the uh, of the game. Should they just auto-turn in completed bounties when the season resets? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't want people to feel like... I don't want people to feel like they're getting ripped off. Because if you auto-complete the bounties, they might not really be aware of like, where's my loot? Did I get loot? Where did it go? I think it's totally fine if you don't take them away and don't auto-complete them. Just let people complete them in the season and let it be a giant middle finger of like, haha, thought you were going to game the system this time, buddy. And and again, I'm friends with Grenader Jake and love him. I, I'm, not, I'm not faulting him for taking advantage of loopholes. Like, that's what you should do if you're trying to maximize power. But I'm thinking that Bungie can be like, no, you're not doing that this time, buddy. Uh-uh. You're going to level just like everybody else is going to level. You're going to have to navigate existing milestones and existing content and use those drops. Now, I still think, I'm going to say all this, I still think the leveling in general needs work with respect to intentionality. I think milestones should tell you ahead of time what you're getting from them, which the A to milestone does. It tells you you're getting armor. If every milestone told you what you were getting you would do guns first armor second and then you would pivot between them and an intelligent player and intelligent pivots would get good leveling right and then you pass the guns back to the next player and then as soon as you pass the guns to the next player guess what you're going to start with all the milestones that drop armor and then you're going to pivot and then you're going to pivot back and pivot back i know when i say pivot everybody thinks of friends and ross going pivot pivot um, I know everybody thinks of that when I say pivot. And if you didn't think of that, now you get to think of Ross saying pivot every time I say pivot. I just said pivot a lot. I think that intentionality would be really good. Now, you could still get screwed and need a, and need a bond and get a helmet, but at the very least, it would add some intentionality. So the level of screwedness would go down, right? Well, I needed a helmet, and I got gauntlets, but at least it's giving me intentionality. I have X number of armor drops left on milestones. Now, Bungie could put low-level smart RNG in to prefer your lower items getting replaced and not prefer, like, put rules against the, you know, the... If you have a really, really high helmet, it's it's a low chance of drop. So again, you're still having those really good moments of elation where my lowest my lowest item right now is gauntlets. I really need gauntlets, and you get gauntlets, and then that's really exciting, right? I think those moments are important to have, but I don't think the moments of, I can't freaking believe I just got another gun, you know, my eighth gun in a row, this is screwing my ability to level up. So keep in mind, when I say all these things about
about not being able to save bounties and not being able to do certain things. Keep in mind, I still think players deserve more intentionality, so maybe they wouldn't feel so motivated to game the system because they know the system's ability to completely and utterly screw them in leveling up. Now, I know people are like, the game needs to be able to screw you and not give you what you want. That makes it more satisfying when you do get what you want. I think RNG and being withholding with what a player wants has its place in the game. I don't think it has its place in leveling. I think it more adequately belongs in you didn't get the 1k voices, haha suck it. You didn't get the role you wanted on your Warden's Law, haha suck it. I think that's where you can have players feeling like the game's kind of screwing them and then they go back for more. With respect to leveling, I don't think that's the time nor the place to make somebody feel like the game is giving them the finger because leveling is the gateway between them getting into endgame content so it just doesn't make a sense it just doesn't make sense to have it there it makes better sense to have it uh, tied to loot in my opinion Gwyn's first night says I heard that we will get no raid next season what do you think about this it makes perfectly uh, good sense Uh, We got two raid layers after Leviathan, and we're going to get two raids after Last Wish, and that's more raid deliverables than we ever got in D1. Uh, And so I am completely and utterly fine with it. I just think that people need to remember it's drip feed content, and if you want good raids, good raids take time. So, you know, Season of the Drifter is not meant to be a raid injection. It doesn't have a raid, and I'm 100% okay with that. And again, if they gave us one every time and then they had to split development between the three and they all got shortchanged accordingly, then the, 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 the gamers don't benefit from that. Grizzlepup says, do you think that Destiny needs some form of bad luck protection in terms of power drops like Diablo has, where there's a larger chance of something that's lower in your power slot to drop? Right, I just touched on this. Yes, 100%. 100%. I just touched on this. Give me intentionality of like what I'm going to get. And each week, the milestones can rotate. So I'm still, I, I would still get funneled into content I don't want to go into. But at the very least, if you're telling me I'm going to get armor from the Crucible, I would, you know what I would do first? When I have all my armor is lower, I would do Crucible first. I would do Crucible first, and after I did the Crucible, I would be like, okay, now if I get screwed by RNG and I get a helmet, and I don't need a helmet, but I need gauntlets, number one, again, at least I'm getting armor. But number two, I'm not, I'm not going into content I hate and then getting screwed. Doing an hour to an hour and a half of Crucible, depending on how fast the games go, and then getting a gun when you do not need a gun at all, the guns drop below your power level, that is absolutely infuriating. Like, it is infuriating. The only reason, the only reason I'm even going in there is because I want something to help me, and I'm not being helped. Like... That's high levels of frustration. High levels of frustration, in my opinion. You're making me go in. You're not making me. People like, you don't have to. But it's like, that's my only option if I want to level up. I'm going to run out of milestones, you know? Again, player intentionality combined with some bad luck protection would be absolutely wonderful. And then I don't think people would complain like, oh, you didn't let me save all my bounties from last season. Well, you won't need them. Matrix says, I feel like... The raid needs one more boss fight to be perfect. Uh, I definitely, it definitely has the best boss fight of any raid. Um, 
of any raid so far from the massive arena uh, to the damage mechanics. I thought I just had to hold that. Sparrow encounter is cool, but mostly just a gimmick. Would, wouldn't even consider that part of the encounter. Yeah, I kind of wish that the Sparrow encounter... Again, I said this earlier. If there was a boss fight in between the opener and the Sparrow encounter, like, just the opener ending with the boss fight would be cool because you still have to use the map and, like, go get the guys and get the balls and then throw them at the boss and take his shield down. Then I think people would, wouldn't care so much about the Sparrow being, like, non... Like, there's not really anything going on. It is fun and it is unique. But I think that would have helped. So, yeah, I do agree. Another another encounter would have been nice. Um, Tribal says, uh, what in your, is your opinion on tethered mechanic to the final boss? I like that Bungie is rewarding teams that do the mechanic correctly without punishing with a wipe to those who don't. I love that it's not a damage cycle that consists of everybody staying in a well and bake. Everybody stand in a well and use clusters. Everybody go do this because the boss is standing still. It's like, no... Yeah, he's standing still and it's a damage phase and he kind of he kind of moves so that sometimes you'll miss your crits. Like I think they did that as a troll and I like that. But I love that similar to the Axis fight, if I master mechanics, my efficiency goes up. Like I love that. I think that's a really really cool thing. And I like that it takes people being aware, people coming up with strategy, people coming up with efficiency, you know, ideas of how to do it. Uh, well, and then they get tons. It's really satisfying when you go to the right spot, and so does another player. You wait for whisper breathing, and you see like 200k damage popping on every shot. I mean, that's just awesome feeling. And you see that health bar just vanishing. I love it. I love it. I think it's so, so cool. Uh, Azuma Kazuma says, what if the forge drop keys that you could farm away at a rate of three or four a week per account and use the keys in the raid for randomly rolled weapons uh avatronics with two years of subs welcome back let me turn alerts back on since we are in q a uh thank you so much and mitso bar a little while ago about an hour actually i'm so sorry i missed some subs here smigmoidal wheel with a prime sub and mitso bar with 28 months and then two years for avatronics congratulations on the two-year badge uh avatronics i like somebody's idea earlier about what if the cur- there was a currency in the raid or in the forge and there was an extra chest like at Wrath? You remember the extra chest you could open if you wanted for a chance at extra drops? That'd be a great way for Bungie to put more weapons in the raid. Let us have these four weapons for a month and then do something called like um, forge initiative. You know what I'm saying? And they could say, listen, there are now new weapons in the raid, but you have to run the forge to get keys, and you get those keys, you go into the raid, and you can open up these extra chests for new weapons that are inspired by both the raid and the forge and have unique perks. That could be really cool. I love that idea. I miss... I I completely forgot about being able to open up extra chests uh, in Wrath. I completely forgot about that, so... Uh, I love the idea. Uh, next question from SoulCube1982. Seriously, when they fix the matchmaking in uh, Gambit, when will they fix the matchmaking in Gambit? It's stupid that you start so often in a 1v4, 2v4. Wouldn't it be cool adding a clan mode for Gambit as well as so that randoms don't face clans the whole time, especially when you get no points for a loss? Okay, well, for starters, e- 1v4s and 2v4s, I've never seen that. Um, I've never seen that right and 
if you're getting 1v4s and 2v4s, I, maybe time of day is bad for your region or something. I don't know. If you start trying to segment matchmaking so that you don't face clans or you don't face four stacks, you're going to sit in matchmaking for forever. You do not want to fragment the player base with matchmaking like limitations. People like, give me solo queue. Listen, if you put solo queue in there for Gambit, people running two stacks and three stacks in Gambit and even four stacks are going to sit in matchmaking for forever. Little cat cameo for you guys. I don't know the solution. It, you're going into a game mode that requires team synergy without a team. What's Bungie supposed to do? And uh, listen, I, I, I say the same thing. When I'm solo, I'm doing bounties and I'm getting the frick out of there. I do my bounties and I get out. I'm only in there for the drops. And I, I know that compounds the problem, right? How many people are solo queuing and they don't give a rip about strategy? They're trying to get a 15 mode, you know, bank. They're trying to get a medium mode banked. They're trying to get their breakneck and they don't give two flying fricks about winning because they're, they're only working on bounties. They're only working on the milestone. So there's so many, as we call them, dumb blueberries in the mix that aren't even trying. They don't have a reason to. Number one, it's slightly demoralizing to play against the stack, so that might be why they're not trying. But they also aren't trying because they're just like, eh, I'm just working on the milestones and the bounties, and they get out. You know, it compounds the problem. You know, it's just a game. That's not a that doesn't that doesn't say anything though. You can say it's just a game all you want. You can say that it's just a game to anytime anybody voices any frustration or critique. That's a non-statement. That you're not stating anything. It's just a game would be like saying it's just a gun. Right? Oh, well, I really, really like this role on this gun. Or I really, really don't like this role on this gun. If someone's critiquing a gun's value and saying it's not that good, but it's just a gun. That doesn't actually do anything to the discussion. You're not adding anything. It's just a game, right, and, and people would like it to be enjoyable. I would say it's just a game is an argument in favor of making it more enjoyable than it is now because that's what games are for. Games are for enjoyment. So I don't know the solution for Gambit. I think part of the problem is it's a four-man encounter, and I think it's a lot, lot harder. It's a lot harder to match people who are solo and have them have a good experience. I think when it's sixes, when you like you go into sixes, you got more mixture on a six-man team, right? There's a two, there's a two spot, a three spot, and then a solo, right? There's a two spot, a two spot, and two solos. Mathematically, there's more freedom with 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 team construction when there's six people. Four is just tough, right? And the minute you, the minute you try to match people who are by themselves only against people who are by themselves then people who need filler on their team because they're a double or a triple they're never going to get anybody to fill their team and those are things I think that just work against people having a good time and again I don't know the solution because you're going into a team environment without a team that's just going to lend itself to frustration and I think a lot of people have just resolved that when they solo queue Gambit, they're just going to go in, get their bounties, and get the frick out. And that leads to more frustration for the people who are solo queuing and trying to win because they're like, do, do any of you even care about you know playing intelligently? <laughs> you know what I mean? It just compounds the problem. It makes it, it makes it worse. It makes it worse. So... 
Next question. If Bungie decides to stop all weapon carryover, how would they, how should they handle it? Uh, when would be the best time to announce that? Should there be anything that carries over like pinnacle weapons? I can see them being mad about they're not forgotten. Alright, here's the deal. Nobody's gonna like what I have to say about this. Not nobody. A lot of people aren't gonna like what I have to say about this, okay? The people that get the most frustrated by you taking away their 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 ability to bring their not forgotten and their lunas with you, okay? The people that are gonna get the most frustrated about it are also the people that are most likely to keep playing. They're also the people that are the most likely to keep playing. So my recommendation to Bungie is tick them off because they're gonna play anyway. That's my recommendation. A month into the new content, nobody would be complaining because they would have all new weapons to go after. That's that's going to be that's going to be my stance on on taking our weapons away from now until the end of time. Every 12 months, Bungie should say everything is everything is everything is getting reset or at the very least every every 2 years, everything is getting a reset. Because if not, I just, what are you going to do in September of next year to make anybody care about loot? There's a ceiling on what you can do within every, every single weapon archetype. You can only make hand cannons, auto rifles, shotguns, pulses, and scouts so effective before you hit that ceiling. So then no one cares about the new guns in September of next year because, well, I can bring everything with me. I've got God roll this, God roll that. I got this as a God roll and I put this mod on it and it's freaking perfect. Well, given that reality, you're basically setting up people to not care about the new content and the new weapons. Are the Teo Kuwera weapons, they better add more weapons. Uh, they took away our midnight crew and not replace it. Well, no, that's exactly the, the the reasoning that they would use, Milo. They would say we dumped a handful of weapons into the game, you know, for every single encounter. So, um, we're we're ensuring that people get new weapons and have new things to chase, right? I, I'm telling you right now, you're way better off frustrating the hardcore players and just letting them suck it up and being like, "Well, um, I'm, I've, I've gotta, I've gotta, uh, I've gotta go after all my weapons again. Everything's getting left behind within the power within the infusion structure. I'd rather have people annoyed and playing than apathetic and not playing. You know what I mean, like." If you just keep letting us bring our weapons forward, eventually I think people just sort of shrug the content off. They're like, what's it matter? I already have all the best gear. This new gear just looks different. Now, I know some people would push back and say, yeah, but it would be fun to go into the new raid and get all the new guns and have everything look different. But I just, I don't know. I think the varnish on that wears off very, very quickly. I think the varnish on that wears off super fast. Uh, D, D the five... D the five says, uh, with Bungie skipping the new raid experience with the season of the drifter, do you think the final pass will have a bigger raid for, than Scur- uh, Scourge? It looks like a return to Leviathan. No, it's not going to be bigger, and I'm going to tell you why. It's not going to be bigger. These are not meant to be big raid experiences. These are meant to be smaller raid experiences delivered in more rhythmic fashion. There will be a big raid delivered September of next year, more than likely, which means these raids in between will be smaller. Just because there's more time between now and Penumbra doesn't mean Penumbra is going to automatically be bigger. Yet that's a big jump in conclusion. I don't think so. I don't think so. Mac 2099. 
With all the different archetypes of, gun, archetypes of guns, do you think they could swing even further uh, and have multiple raid or forge drops, but with them being different gun types? Example, a 180 RPM hand cannon, a 110 hand cannon also. Well, I mean, if you're going to give me the choice, if you're going to give me the choice to have more or less weapons, well, then you better believe I'm always going to be like, yeah, put more weapons in the game. I would never say no to more weapons. Uh... You know, I, it, to me, if you're if you're giving me more, then then give me more. Don't don't do this like well, we added one gun. Well, we added another gun. We added this gun. I, I think there's a lot of room. I think there's a ton of room for for more weapons and more drops. I, I think the only problem with the raid, if they do more drops, you'd have to do the secondary chest thing like we talked about because let's say you're going for the shotgun if there's more loot in the pool your chances of getting the shotgun go down so you need to be careful like what you wish for unless they deliver in a way that gives you more intentionality that would be my that would be my thought on the map uh Milky says, what would you think of Bungie set of a minimum power level requirement to get into the raid between launch and the first weekly reset and then treat all players equal with regards to their power level when they play the raid? In other words, a 626 to get in, but whether you're 626 or 646, you're going to deal and receive the same amount of damage. I mean, this is actually a really smart solution, honestly. I don't know if they have the ability to, to, to do this sort of this nuance and adjustments within the way the game is built but I would like this too like if you know going into the raid the only difference between you and the team in front of you or the only difference between you and the team behind you is depth of gear intelligence and strategy and skill if that's the only differences then I think that's a much better quote unquote race But if the team behind you, like, nipping at your heels has a level advantage and you get to the final encounter and because you're at a level disadvantage, you're dying way easier and then they catch you and then they're not dying, you just help that team because you may have gotten in there, figured out the mechanics, kind of solved how it works, and then everybody goes to their chat once they get there and basically it's it's not cheating, but, like, it's a form of cheating, right? It's an advantage. Nobody, Nobody gets disqualified, in my mind, for getting information from chat I would never try to argue that but now they've caught you and you've done work for them so their chat can tell them do this 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 and this order and then they can do it with with a higher level advantage die less often do more damage to the boss and beat you right if you're both the exact same with respect to how fast you die and how much damage you do them catching you and getting information from chat sure that's an advantage but that advantage is not multiplied and magnified by the fact that they're also more powerful than you losing to a team that is stronger than you when you're close like if, if it's close i mean i if, if, the, if the team in second place was within minutes of the first team and the first team wins and then you look at their level differentials and the team that wins has way more significant level advantages I just don't know how you could just be like yeah it was a totally fair fight and a fair race like they were at or above the delta for all the encounters and we weren't and they beat us congratulations I guess you got to start you got to start ahead in a foot race <laughs> like, that doesn't mean you're faster than me <laughs> if you start 10 feet further than me and beat me in a race no one's gonna say you're faster than me they're gonna be like 
he had an advantage. Like he was ahead of you. You know? I don't know. Uh, it, it to me that's why I haven't cared. I, this is this is again me circling around and kind of beating a dead horse. This is exactly why I haven't cared about the world's first race since Wrath. The only world's first race that was actually like that exciting and cool was the King's Fall world's first race. People went in with garbage gear, had no clue what the frick they were doing. Nobody nobody navigated exploits to be higher level. None of that crap was going on. Everybody was basically at the same basic disadvantage rather than the machine comes out and there's the teams that beat it were over leveled and they did it really fast it's just like this time around like it's like Bungie doesn't care it's just a marketing mechanic to them and it's unfortunate the raid team probably cares but the the corporate heads that are in charge of content delivery schedules and marketing plans they basically use the raid as a marketing tool um, it's not for the community it's for it's it's a commercial <laughs> it's a commercial for I mean think about it when they advertise the raid what did they do like it said watch the raid here at twitch.tv slash raid race or whatever the frick the name of it was um, or they did maybe they maybe they just did it on Bungie's channel I don't know it might have been just twitch.tv slash Bungie but I don't know uh, Big Bear, great content. Always enjoy hanging out. Thank you so much for four months of subs. Welcome back. More Cat Six. Should Bungie give us a way to reroll anything about our guns? I'm personally in favor of being able to reroll Masterworks. Some friends think Masterworks and Perks thoughts. No, rerolling guns is a mistake. If you give me inroads to grind for the gun, that's me rerolling it. You're, you're not asking, honestly, for anything that the game doesn't already do. You're just turning it into something that becomes too mechanical in my mind. Like, if you want a better version roll on the auto rifle from the forge, you do what I'm doing, and you run a loop, and then you get it to drop. That's not that far removed. Uh, that's not that far removed. I'm using the wrong gun. That is not that far removed from reforging. Reforging, you basically go and grind content, get a bunch of material, and then you use that material to reforge. The problem is, is it's usually easy, too easy to get the materials, so reforging just becomes this thing you do in the tower, and then you just sit there and that's that's you engaging with the content. You're just re-rolling in the tower. Like, I got a god roll dry rod in D1 doing that, and it was the most unsatisfying thing I think I've ever done. It was so stupid like this is a looter shooter and I'm not looting and I'm not shooting I'm standing in the tower and I'm reforging so I don't know that's how I always land on this I it, it we're I'd rather be running the loop and getting stuff to drop and that's my version of reforging right multiple chances at the gun I'd much rather have that be how gear is dropping then have you standing around just dumping materials into a gun and you're like yay I I got a god roll I don't know loot dropping is exciting loot forging like that is not reforging armor needs to come back though that's different Mac 2099 uh, says with the loot pool for the gunsmith being so big getting certain guns can be problematic could they have added intentionality by allowing certain guns to drop from lost sectors, planetary vendors, bounties, etc.? I want another half, Dan. Right, like, this is an idea for the gunsmith that isn't going to get put into the game anytime soon, but it'd be really cool if you could go to the gunsmith and say, I really want the half, Dan, okay? 
And then you could buy a half Dan scout report from the gunsmith for gunsmith materials. And you could buy a bunch of them if you wanted, right? And then the half Dan scout report would basically say, you have to go and do this. It would be similar to spiders bounties, right? The lost sector would be significantly harder because it would be like a unique boss fight. And then you go into that lost sector and you farm it for that gun. And then you don't get it. And then your next half Dan scout report says, we got rumors of, of this gun being in this lost sector over here. And then you go and you farm for it. Still ties it to the gunsmith and his and his pool of influence, but it gives you as we as as the word that we become very fond of here as you as you use it and I say it all the time. It gives you that intentionality, that that you want the gun. So just material, 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 material. Oh, thanks, another gun I have zero interest in. And then by the time you're out of materials, it's just it's too late. Mac 2099, uh, could a way to fix leveling issues tied to RNG, uh, make some of the powerful drops one item that will buff an item up? For example, if I get, uh, a powerful item, I can then use it on my class item, which RNG uses to give to me. Of course, limiting one to three per week. I get a powerful item and put it in my class item. Oh, you're saying it's literally just like an item that drops, like, it's like an infusion it just basically says infuse any piece of gear right i mean you could make really really hard powerful rewards do that that i'd be fine with because you could say you know this takes this takes quite a while to get you know and it's gonna let you it's like a wild card for infusion one to three per week yeah because then you could say like right now my cloak is killing me it's 20 levels below everything and it's just murdering my ability to get anything to drop higher. So like this guy's leveling next week could get completely shut down if that doesn't if I don't get a, a new a new cloak. He's just gonna be completely and utterly stuck. And that's I just don't think that's how you want people to feel. I think you want people to feel like they have control over their leveling, uh, but you can have that intermingled with RNG. I think that's I think it's possible. I think it's possible to have both, personally. I need ten critical uh headshots with this auto rifle before we kill this boss. Cinco J, you think there will be uh, a better raid style weapon for majors and bosses to use rather than Icolos shotgun? I mean the new shotgun that's kinetic is is an Icolos in the it's in the kinetic slot, so that enables you to use some of the cool new energy weapons we're getting. Uh, and then you just slap that bad boy on, and then that allow- that allows you to, you know, to have a, a high rate of fire trench barrel shotgun, uh, in the game again. Now, my pushback's gonna be, I would much rather the raid had dropped a stupid fusion rifle that's just really, really good, that is strong and rivals, you know, Ikelos as a secondary weapon, both in how fast it fires and in the damage it can put out. That's why Ikelos has two advantages in its corner. I mean, high rate of fire and high damage is kind of counter... It's kind of contradictory to the systems in Destiny. Typically, the systems in Destiny, Destiny, like the higher rate of fire you go, you sacrifice impact. Okay, we can kill him. You sacrifice impact. So you're like, wow, I've got this amazingly strong... um, I have this amazingly strong sniper rifle but it shoots really slow rocket launcher same deal it's kind of always been that way 
So being able to have like a really, really strong shotgun that's the highest rate of fire, it does seem kind of strange that, that you know, that they, they give you that kind of contradiction within, uh, within the weapon system. So I'm not calling for an Ikelos nerf. I'm just saying the other weapons need to be stronger and the Ikelos is kind of contradictory in its design when you compare it to the rest of the, the gear. Trading fire rate for impact is true in pretty much every game, right? So in Fortnite, if you did the double barrel, you know, that thing was like, coom, coom, and then you had to reload it. Well, that was a pain point, but the dadgum thing could one-shot, so that was your trade-off. Now, I think they vaulted it because it was a problematic weapon, but you get the point. More cat. What if the augmented gave a, a random weapon with a third perk instead of a third option? Um... A third perk instead of a third option. You, I think what you mean is like an extra perk, a fourth perk. There already is three perks. Augmented weapons should have two mod slots, like, personally. So you would say, hey, you know those new mods that she's put in the game? Yeah, you could put that Rampage Extender on your breakneck, and that's probably one of the best places to put it. Uh, but... If you farm for an augmented weapon, you could get another auto rifle that you could put counterbalance and rampage extender on, and arguably it wouldn't be better than the breakneck, but if it was your favorite auto rifle, you know, maybe with that combination it could. It could be it could be it could rival those other uh, those other weapons. Well, that would make those weapons stand out. Now they're a little pretty they're kinda easy to come by. You know, so you don't want to make augmented weapons too strong. It's just a silly little bounty. But man, oh man, if those things are supposed to stand out, they, they, I don't, I think a lot of people are probably going to wonder what it even is. Like, why is this called an augmented weapon? Like, if you're not paying attention, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you've got to really be kind of tuned into what's going on. Be like, oh, there's an extra perk. Because when I got one to drop and somebody else that I was playing with got one to drop, we were like, we don't we don't get it. What is this? And somebody was like, oh, it has an extra perk. They talked about that in the vid doc. And I was like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why, why would I bother doing this? Denial and error with 15 months of subs. Thanks for the overwhelming amount of content question. Uh, any word from your appendix? How long did it take him to get into, through the new raid? Now oh, shut the frick up. Um, screw that appendix, dude. Me and him are not on speaking terms. Uh, thank you again for 15 months, dude. Juicebox. Lono, I'm so tired of Bungie unnecessarily limiting our ability to store materials for endgame content. Two modulus reports, uh, and 15 of the blue pages. I don't understand why my three characters are unable to work on things without running into... Oops, you have, uh, too many of one important item. Um have more on your second third of character why does Bungie insist on limiting us in this way while allowing us to carry dozens of powerful bounties into new content <laughs> that is a really good question um, <laughs> yeah it's to me it is it is a little disappointing that they let people carry all these bounties into the new content that lets you level up but then within the grind itself they're like nah you can't have more than that we're gonna limit that it just doesn't seem necessary. It, you know, it doesn't seem necessary at all to limit us like that. Just let us have as many as they, as we want. What's it hurting? What's it hurting to just sit here and grind all day and get a bunch of modulus reports? I'm not hurting anything. 
I'm not, I'm not like, honestly, like that's what's funny, right? The people who really, really limit and wreck the grind are the people who save the bounties. And then the people that are just trying to like actually do a grind, you limit them and then you tell them they can't do certain things. Oh, I got the third shot off on that whisper. That was crispy. For the reload. Yeah, that I mean honestly it just doesn't make sense. It's like you limit the you limit the function of the grind. Like like this grind in particular where I keep having to go see Ada. Like, what benefit does it to limit that grind and to slow me down or limit how many of this I can carry or that I can carry? Like, but you're gonna let people basically go into raids over leveled because you know I guess that's 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 okay, but me having efficient like currency pads isn't I yeah that to me doesn't make any sense um so and it's a good thing to point out next question ape dog I feel for $35 you get a lot of DLC um but I'm full of uh shakes and other health problems I do enjoy the new auto rifle a lot uh very stable for me same with the new and old uh black armory bad news hand cannon what else do you think people in my spot can expect in the future DLC for weapons that are smooth like these weapons? I mean, dude, you're always asking questions that are about yourself, like, and, and, and your issue. Like, I, I, how am I supposed to speculate what kind of guns they're going to put in the game that are going to be good for somebody who has a hand tremor? Like, it's terrible that that's something you have to deal with, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how to answer this question. It's just so narrow and specific. That would be like somebody saying, I really struggle, I have a vision issue, and I can only really use long-range weapons like scouts. If I have to do anything up close, I really struggle. What kind of weapons do you gonna get, or think are going to get added in the future, Lono, that will help me? I don't know. Like I couldn't answer that question any more than I can answer this question. I have no idea what kind of weapons they're going to add. Like I, I, it, Find weapons that you can put as much stability on as possible, and just and just try them out like i i don't think bungie's ever gonna ever gonna target that as a need and a pain point to say we better add more weapons that are super stable for let's say there's like one percent of the destiny community out of the millions of people to play that have a hand tremor well, we need to make sure we make weapons for them that are super, super stable. Well, like, you can over-legislate and be like, well, there's people in the community that have all kind of, you know, um, ailments, difficulties, and challenges, and if you if you, if you you make weapons specifically for them, they'll probably be too easy to use and therefore would seem kind of silly for their existence. So, like, I don't know. I can appreciate anybody who has any sort of limitations on their motor skills or motor function playing a game like Destiny, you know, and that new controller they came out with, that Xbox came out with for people who have severe problems of, like, they can maybe only move one hand or the movement of each hand is severely limited, and they came out with that controller to help those people. There's a really cool commercial where they're, like, all the kids come and celebrate their friend beating the boss or winning the thing or whatever, and he's using that controller. Like, and they say something like, when everybody plays... Um, you know, everybody wins or whatever. It's not a stupid question. It's just like, I don't have a way of answering it. Like, I don't want you to feel like I'm dismissing you and, and what you deal with. I don't have a way of predicting. Like, somebody could say, Lono, I really like, um, I really like grenade launchers 
that function like what's that Vanguard grenade launcher because it shoots like super super fast. I really like grenade launchers that shoot super super fast. Lona, what what do you think they're gonna add in the future so I can use more grenade launchers like that? I I don't have a freaking clue. I don't know. Um, so. I think there'll always be a spectrum of weapons that you can find yourself working within, you know, your your challenges, and it's it's basically a matter of combing over the weapons each time that come out and just trying them out. So, Andy Echo Lono, do you think it will be a good idea that Bungie would make a curated role of every current weapon in the game and made it available through the augmented weapon bounties? Mm, that's a lot of weapons, but I like your idea. I think you're overshooting a little bit. That's a that's a just a stupid amount of weapons. Um, but what they could have said is Ada and the gunsmith have paired up, right? Ada and the gunsmith have paired up. She she's talking with um, what's his name, Banshee. And all the gunsmith guns are now available through the augmented weapons and their curated roles. Now, you'd have to make the quest to get them a little bit harder, but they could come out at a level 10 with a unique perk. That's actually like a really smart idea. I can I, I continue to say investing in the existing vendors and giving them gear that you kind of would be interested in is a win. And that would be like a really, really good way of doing it by saying... Ada now has guns that you probably actually care about. Um, did I get a prime? I did. Um, let's see if we can finally get a cloak. Mollywop, you talk a lot about how RNG-based leveling is stupid, and by letting us hit cap ceiling before we do a new raid is uh, is a fair way to let people truly try for worlds first on level playing ground. I started playing Destiny in year three and was wondering, has it always been this way? No, no. This nonsense started with Wrath of the Machine. Uh, it started with Wrath of the Machine. Now, I don't think this happened with Leviathan because there was nothing people could carry with them. Thanks, that doesn't help me at all. Um, again, RNG in the leveling system. I mean, I literally have a, a cloak at 28 and you're giving me a 48 chest piece to match my 48 chest piece. Just freaking brutal, man. Freaking brutal. Um, if once they move away from the NPC, I'll take us in. No, it wasn't always this way. This nonsense started with Wrath of the Machine. I don't think you could really do it for Leviathan. I think people just played like crazy. Now, actually, now that I'm remembering, there were frustrations with Leviathan because they didn't explain the leveling system. So some of us wasted valuable exotic quests and had no idea that we were wasting our leveling. Right? Um. Yeah, but Eugene, you could play the strikes to get ready, but there were still ex- there were still exploits that people used to level faster. Um, oh, the new daily bounties. Thank you, Milo. Um, there were still leveling exploits that you could do to get up quicker with with Omnigol. It wasn't as bad as it was now, right? So yeah, Eugene's right. Like there were certainly exploits, and people beat Wrath of the Machine over level. They 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 should have done a hard cap then as well, or a soft cap temporarily to make it so that people didn't beat it so fast, right? And people were basically going into Wrath way higher than they should have been. Leviathan, like, I wasted exotic quests and had no idea that I was wasting exotic quests. Right? No idea. Um, Defeat enemies with a machine gun? Okay. And then... Destroy black armory shield drones protecting the forge saboteur? 
I don't know if that counts when you're in there. You might have to do that on on the public space. But this is power weapons and shotguns, so I'm gonna switch to uh, to that. That's gonna lower me below the 41, but that that shouldn't be a, an issue. Yeah. So I mean that it hasn't always been this way. And again, I don't know why they went this way. I don't know if they if they sold themselves too far down the river to come back, right? So if they if they sold themselves too far down the river, it might just be hard to pivot back. And they're just they're they're dealing with um they're they're dealing with a a leveling system that's cornered them. That could be it as well. So but again, the system only favors the teeny tiniest percentage of players and most of them are streamers. That's why top directory streamers defend it because it benefits them. It doesn't benefit the community. Now, I know a lot of them would 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 kind of answer back to what I just said and they would say, "But it does benefit the community because if I can grind like an insane person for a week and hit max level, all that time that I played is time that the community gets as well to play. It extends the life of the content." My pushback to that would be your ability to level up really fast and get into the end game is part and parcel to your enjoyment. You get to play the new stuff. And then because you want the leveling to be arduous and stupid and favoring your your ability to play more than everybody else, then you're basically putting the rest of the community in a hamster wheel because they could play for a month and not be ready to run the raid. So I, I don't I just don't think there is a there is a, a justifiable defense of it that isn't just laden with bias. Even when you try and say, oh, it will benefit the community, I think most people in the community are like, I don't like a slow leveling system with RNG that can screw me that then subsequently keeps me out of content. You know? I don't I don't think anybody's gonna say, No, yeah, that's fine. Thank you for being paternalistic and, and giving me a slow leveling process and thank you for including enhancement cores and infusion to, to hurt player volition so I can't use the weapons I want because you want an economic pain to be enforced on infusion. An economic pain that no hardcore player that asks for that economic pain. They don't feel that economic pain, it doesn't affect them at all, but it hurts the rest of the community. Like you're just stacking up, like favoring the career player, just thing on top of thing on top of thing that isn't arguing for the community. It's arguing for yourself, you know, and saying you want to grind and then grinding through the levels in the first two weeks and, and, and having all the stuff you need. You're not defending a grind. You're defending, again, something that, that favors a breakneck play style and overplay style and streaming it. And then three weeks later, you're basically done. And you play the game infrequently from that point on. You don't stream it nearly as often and you go and play other games. But you're but you're arguing for a grind that you basically do in the first two weeks. Like it just you know what I'm saying? Like it just it that whole argument falls apart and we have all the proof we need with player decision and player engagement. It, they don't play it as much as you think they would if it does in fact add a grind it just i don't know it just the whole thing seems uh silly 
Jalen for Prez. What uh, what's your favorite encounter of any raid since D1? Mine is the Abyss. Uh, we one-shotted it, but it took us forever, and it was just a very fun, crazy encounter. Curious what your favorite is and why. I always loved and still love the Axis encounter. Zipping around the room with cannons and maximizing damage, and once they added the challenge plates, I absolutely love that encounter. I will say, this new encounter really competes. The layers of things you've got to manage, it's just a freaking blast, and the design, oh, it's awesome. It's just awesome. I love it. So, um, and we got a new sub coming from home Twitch. Yo, yo, it's a resub. Always love the talks, dude. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, sir. Uh, for 16 months of subs. Thank you for keeping your prime sub here. Uh, cruising 11. Do you think they could do something in the future with the raid race to prevent DDoSing other things trollish people are doing to affect the race? Uh, this is very apparent with numerous raid teams this time around. I mean, I, I don't really understand why Blizzard allows you to just join somebody the way that people were joining. Apparently, it got disabled that day. I, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where you live and you learn, right? Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming. I don't think anybody knew. I didn't know. I, did, I wasn't protected. I, I had mine set to friends and clanmates only. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of unsure why on raid day... And again, this is hindsight's 2020, right? I don't think anybody in the history thought I better not have my my fire team set to public because in the past, people joining your fire team, you know, wouldn't have been able to just get your IP address. That usually you had to go into a game and then have um a, a piece of software or something that forced host. So you get into the game and you're the host and then you see the IPs interacting with you. I don't think anybody foresaw this being a problem. Because think about it. Think about it. For years, streamers have been saying, if you guys want to play, join me right now. My fire team's open. And this didn't lead to people getting DDoSed. I, I don't remember any ever watching a streamer that said, yeah, yeah, go ahead, join me. You're free, you guys are free to join. Go ahead. And then getting DDoS. DDoSing always happened in trials because people would force host and then they'd open up the software on their computer and they could see all the IPs of the people connected with them because they were the host. Um, when you're on a host, you can join, see the IP. If he was the host and he joined, that's why he got hit offline. The, the whole thing was just, I don't think necessarily preventable. Um, obviously they can do things going forward to make it harder on trolls, right? Like we, we like, think about it like this. Think about it like this. I don't think when I conceived of the idea of of question answer that I ever would have met such low life pathetic losers that would spend hours of their day in my stream waiting for me to do Q&A at completely random unpredictable times and then once I do Q&A they trolled it with fake stupidly worded questions and a lot of the times they would use my own lingo and my own phrases and stuff to try to like I guess like make fun of me or something right i don't think we ever ever thought that would be a thing like the patheticness of human beings is 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 limitless it's just limitless and in the same scenario i don't think anybody thought day 1 we better make sure people can't join fire teams because then they'll be able to to ddos them people might be listening it's being like what the frick is he talking about basically 
in the past with trials, if you were host, you could see the IP of the people that you were playing against and knock them offline with what is called a distributed denial of service, which is once you have their IP address, you can use nefarious programs to send them so much information that it knocks them offline. Basically, their modem is like, holy frick, you just shoved a waterfall of packets at me, and then, oh, sorry about the mic bump, and then they, and then they get knocked offline. And there's no way for ISPs to protect against this because it's just not normative at all. The average, like, 99% of the community and and consumer base of a given ISP isn't getting knocked offline by some douchebag 10-year-old who likes to play Destiny. So, it's not something that ISPs can really protect you against because it would cost them money and it's not a severe problem. Master Chubbs with 14 months, thank you very much. So now that they know it can happen, I mean, protections can be put in place. People can obviously set their fire teams to friends only, invite only, whatever. Um, And then so people can't get knocked offline. Uh, Also, I mean, in general, Discord, like, got knocked offline too. And I guarantee you it was the same losers. It was the same losers. As soon as they couldn't knock players offline, they set their sights on Discord because that disrupts comms as well. They did the same thing during Spire of Stars, by the way. Like, Discord just randomly went down. Um, guaranteed the same thing was going on. Um, so, the uh, the situations that happen like this, it's sad that we live in a world full of, full of people that are so awful that we have to protect ourselves from them. Um, like, that's your existence. If that's the type of person you are... That's, I mean, that's the, that's the existence that you impose on the world. One where you're so horrible and so awful that we have to protect ourselves from you. Like, and eventually you, you don't get to do the things you want to do. You don't get to troll my Q and A. You don't get to knock people offline. And the sad reality for these people is you never get to escape yourself. You always have to live with yourself. When you go to bed at night, when you look at the mirror in the morning, you know, when you get ready for work, you don't get to escape yourself. We get to escape you. We get to get away from you. We get to ban you, block you, or stop you. You always have to be around yourself. And that's the saddest thing for their existence is that you're you're stuck with yourself forever. So, I'll just trolls. Uh, JD Gamer with the next question says, uh, do you think the next DLC will be more focused on Gambit and Crucible because of Trials and Gambit still not sitting in a good spot uh, as it should be right now? I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, you're definitely going to see uh, you're definitely going to see a focus on Gambit because the next one's called Season of the Drifter and it's called Joker's Wild and he is the center focus and there's a new Gambit encounter being added. So that's that's not even a prediction to make. That's literally what we've been told. Um, now, I don't know if it has anything to do with Trials. Uh, I think Gambit going forward is going to be kind of where they set their sights because they've kind of put their eggs in that basket. Um, they've kind of put their eggs in that basket as far as what, what exactly they're going to do with Trials and with Gambit. I mean, Gambit, in my opinion, is... Not where it needs to be, but I think they probably see more potential for Gambit than they did with Trials. Trials engagement was horrible. I mean, near the end there, even during its peak, it just never really captured a large percentage of the audience. And a lot of people would be like, well, then why do raids then? They capture such a small percentage of the audience. My answer, excuse me, my answer back would be 
raids don't need to be managed like a like and babysat. You know what I'm saying? Like there aren't people getting DDoSed in raids. There aren't people that are complaining about balance and the meta because of raids or because of this streamer or that streamer. I mean, trials you gotta freaking babysit it. It it becomes just such a focal point for complaint. Uh, you know, people people hate it. People hate the meta. People get mad. People get salty. People cheat. People DDoS. Uh, and so it needs to be freaking babysat. And for what? For like the smallest percentage of the in, of the of the community to engage with it? Like, is it really worth it? You know, if every time you took your kids to the mall, they whined, complained, spilled their food on the floor, and got you in trouble, and got you, you know, and were just it was a general headache. Don't you think you'd stop taking your kids to the dadgum mall? You'd be like, all right, I'm done with this freaking crap. We're not coming back here anymore. You guys don't know how to act, right? <laughs> You know, so to me, it's like, well, yeah, getting DDoS during a raid is not, then that's not the same. That's such a terrible, I mean, the fact that you even use that as an example, people do not get DDoSed from raids when they go to raid. That was somebody that was trying to ruin the day one experience of the stream. Like, use your brain, please. Like, that's not an example. Raids are not like trials. Don't even try to compare them because people got DDoSed day one. It's not even remotely the same. Uh, T-Funk. You've criticized the stop mechanic and we have all made fun of it. What would be your suggestion to fix the rush the boss? Personally, I think the boss should have a stop, but instead of knockback, it's DOT and suppression. Oh, damage over time and suppression. Um, well, yeah, I, I like. I think the way, I honestly feel like the way they did it, um, I like the way they did it in the raid, in the raid boss fight, right? The raid boss fight's perfect. If you get too close to him, you just freaking die. He stops and you're dead. And obviously the way you kill him isn't just a barrel stuff rush. It's sit back, use the mechanic to your advantage. And obviously you got to use snipers well, or it doesn't work, right? You've got to, uh, you've got to be kind of like navigating those, uh, those buffs and hitting your shots. Cause he kind of twitches, right? Um, so I think I think he's a really really good example of how to do it, personally. Um, also, I just think getting physics in general is just it's just getting old. It, uh, the stomp mechanic to me isn't bad if its goal is to keep people from just barrel stuffing, right? If that's the goal is to keep people from barrel stuffing, um. Let's pray for a mark. Oh, no, it's a ballistics log. Never mind. I was praying for a new bounty. Um, when you turn her bounties and you can get a rare bounty, I was hoping to get one. Uh, I don't have her gun to do. We went all the way back to see her and I didn't grab it. I think the biggest problem with the stomp is if you want to have it, if you want to have it to prevent barrel stuffing, that's totally fine, right? Got no problem with that. Got no problem with that, but its reach is stupid. Can we let her? Can we let him keep getting his shields back for the bounty? Uh, its reach is stupid. If you're up in the air, it hits you. If you're down on the, if you're, if you're not even near them, it hits you. If you're really far away, it hits you. Like in general, the way that they execute the stop mechanic is so overrealized. It is so overrealized. I mean, there are times where I'm up in the air and I get sent. I mean, I get sent back. I get sent all the way back. There are times where I'm nowhere near the boss and I get sent back. 
and I'm like, okay, so wait, you know, I was all the way over here on the other side of this thing, or I was drawing aggro from another ad or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's reach is just, is, is honestly just silly. I only need five more of the drones. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, next bower socks. Would you consider the sparrow encounter to be similar to a time jump puzzle? Um, no, it doesn't feel like a time jump puzzle. It feels like a sparrow race. Uh, so it's not, it's not similar to something that it's, I mean, not, I mean, maybe you're just saying it's not an encounter. It's a jump puzzle, but there's a, there's, there's, there's urgency maybe is what you mean. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, I don't need every encounter in a raid to be okay. We can kill him. I don't need every encounter in the raid to be perfect or super challenging or a boss or, or, you know, absolutely, uh, you know, phenomenal. Oh, we're probably going to fail. Um, I can't get, I can't get an angle. He's hiding behind the box. He hid behind the box. That sucks. I didn't have the thing from her anyway. Again, that's why this grind with her is so freaking stupid. It's so stupid. I should have saved those for her other bounty. You have to boomerang too much. And then if you boomerang and make a mistake, um, if you boomerang and make a mistake, you can't even, you can't even like get the thing. You killed him. Oh, I actually did kill him because it dropped loot. Are you sure? I thought we failed. It looked like we failed to me. Um, Drucifer says, do you think that there is another secret chest in the new raid and will it follow a similar pattern of last year's raid layers in the only one uh, that only had one secret chest each? 27 months from the jank jank. Thank you so much, dude, for 27 months. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much. I actually don't care. I mean, if there's one, two, or three, I don't have a prediction about this. I don't know. One, two, three. I like secrets and raids, though. I think it's cool to solve. Especially maybe if they time-gated and do an ARG, but I don't have really a prediction. Raijin87. What if they just put a level cap on old weapons? Maybe let them level to half of the new light to help you get leveled, and that way people can keep the loot they worked for, but then they have a reason to go for something better. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Um... You got a bad root news rat that run. We definitely killed him. I don't know how I killed him. It must have registered as him dying. It didn't feel like I killed him. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a good halfway point. So people could be like, well, at least you let me use my guns for a little bit in the new DLC. I just don't see a way to leave behind all the guns. I don't see a way to get to leave behind all the dead, gu- all, all, all the old guns. Because again, archetypes are only, can only become so efficient. So there's only so much they can do, uh, you know, now I can do this one again. Okay. This is weird. Uh, next question. Enviro. We have complained about the size of the raid loot pools since the start of Destiny 2. Why are they not addressing that? They continue to have small loot pools as compared to the D1 raids, and I don't get why. Okay, so in Leviathan, it made sense because Leviathan was basically, with its raid layers, a giant raid stretched out over three deliverables, D2 Vanilla and then the subsequent two DLCs, okay? That's why Leviathan's was so small. So we kind of got that answer 
in hindsight. It was like, why the frick is there, you know, why is there no shotgun? Why is there no this? This time around, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know why you come to the community and say, we're not doing raid layers. This is going to be a full raid. And then it only has four weapons. Now, again, hindsight could be 2020 here. Maybe a month from now, like I said, they change something about the raid. They change the loot pool. Maybe they do something with the forges. Maybe something with Naomi Labs. Maybe when that opens up, that's going to be like the throne, the the shattered throne. And maybe that brings new weapons to the raid because they're like, oh, once we do this, it unlocks new things in the raid. I don't know. This raid basically adds weapons to last, which was missing in a new armor set. I didn't even consider that. Although Last Wish doesn't still have all, you know, even combined with this is still missing weapons like a sidearm. Um, but it does. You're right. It adds the fusion rifle. But the no, the Techian Force was in there. The Techian Force was in the Last Wish raid, and the sniper was in there. But it was it was in the primary slot because it was her the 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 the, the Queen's one. There's a rocket launcher in the Last Wish raid, and there's no shotgun. So no, it doesn't even it doesn't even honestly meet that because the Techian Force is a drop as well as the Her Memory. I forget the name of the sniper. Yeah, a sidearm would be kind of stupid. No SMG in either though. No. No sniper in the new raid? Oh, that's right. The sniper is in the forge. You're right. There is no new sniper. Scout. It has a scout. Um Is there no scout in the Last Wish raid? Is there is there a scout? Yeah, there's a scout, but it's a, but it's a kinetic. Yeah, that's just cheating if you're counting that. It's, it's energy or kinetic. It's still a scout. PGZ. Do you think WoW is a requirement for the raid, or even a forge? Can you still get WoW? Oh, Whisper of the Worm. Um, Whisper of the Worm is not a requirement for the raid, but oh my gosh, is it going to be so helpful for you in the end game fight, the bo- the boss fight? Not a requirement, but I can definitely see LFG making it one. Bamford38, just to elaborate on my earlier question, do you think Bungie uses the fact that there is a raid as an excuse to have less content in the overall DLC? I see a lot of people justifying the size of the DLC because there's a raid, which is no use to people who don't raid. I mean, you may hear me make that defense from time to time, but understand that when I'm defending the DLC by saying there's a raid... What I'm saying is, is it's a complete, it's a complete delivery. They give you the the mid tier and the high tier engagement of content, and if you wanted to engage with it, you can. Now you're saying, well, yeah, but what about the rest of us that don't care about the raid? You know, what do we get? Well, to a certain extent, you got to understand the game you're playing. The pinnacle. Pinnacle PV activities have been raids since Vogue, and if you don't care about raids, that's on you more than it's on Bungie, right? I mean, that's been the PVE structure since D1, where here's all the new content, couple of things in the mid-tier strikes, a campaign that no one goes back to, and then the pinnacle endgame activity is either a nightfall, you know, with modifiers, or a raid. And if you've not been interested in raids since D1 to now, you're just sort of ignoring the, the the tip of the pyramid, and that's not Bungie's fault. Now, you might come back and say, well, this is pretty scant, you know, offering of content. I'm not even getting new strikes, but you're getting three forges, which, as I've said before, are essentially the same thing as a strike. A strike has 
waves of enemies, mechanics that have to be satisfied, and then a boss. That's what a strike offers. The forge offers that. And in many respects, the forge offers more for you to do because most people that run strikes just run past the enemies anyway, and you're not even really engaging with the content. Like, be honest, most people who run strikes just, you get in that rhythm of, yeah, been here, done that, let me just run past everything. Now, you may not, but I would say most people uh, do. And given that reality... I think we probably netted more content with these forges. Ignoring the three forges and being like, there's not enough content when all three forges aren't out. They all have unique weapon grinds. Now, whether or not you think the weapons are worth grinding for is subjective. I actually think some of the weapons are pretty cool. There's probably, I I think there's some pretty baller rolls you can get on that auto rifle and then if you pair that auto rifle with that shotgun from the raid you can get a pretty good loadout now you're going to come back well i'm not going to run the raid again the spectrum of content putting raids at the top and then you ignoring the top you're always going to probably feel like the content offerings are lacking and some of that is on your shoulders some of this does rest on Bungie's shoulders because, again, day one, nobody could even play, and I took up for players in that scenario uh, day one, and not just me, but many others took issue with that, and Bungie ultimately listened and have made adjustments and will probably make adjustments the future content delivery so that day one people feel like there's something new for me to do, and then the true version of the content gets harder, has increased raid or drops or whatever. Uh, four more. Here, Von Zephyr. You think they'll ever bring back Nova, Mortis, uh, Abaddon? Um, now that we have the Thunderlord, if so, how would they di- differentiate them than just one element like in D1? Yeah, I don't know. I don't make predictions about stuff like that. Molly Wop. If it hasn't uh, already always relied on RNG-based leveling, why did they pivot in that direction? I have zero freaking clue, bro. I I don't know. I think they knew this is the, it, the, well. I'm gonna theorize, right? I think they knew Destiny Destiny 2 at launch was weak. They knew it was weak. And they were like, if we give people the ability to cross-infuse their armor, they're going to be able to, like, because the old way with one-to-one infusion and cross-infusion on armor, they were like, they're going to level super fast. So the only way they could really slow us down was by making the leveling stupid. Like, it honestly goes back to how scant... D1, or sorry, D2 at launch was. D2 at launch was a very scant offering, and because of that, because of that, the, it just, it made sense to try to slow us down. So that, to me, makes the most sense out of it. Now, why are they still doing it? Well, to a certain extent, they're kind of in a similar situation. They're giving us, like, small delivery of content. Now, is this content better than... D2 at launch? Oh, 100%. Yes, it's way better than D2 at launch. But it uh, it it still is thin, and to get more out of thin content, you're going to see, you know, you're going to see uh, them stretching that leveling out. The problem is, is like I said, the problem's compounding itself because people are going to get far behind. So the value point of adding new power level every season is going to be lost on people. Like being like, hey, you can get to 650 now. That's not a big value add for, you know, let's say if the number that we got is correct, let's say 12% of the community is at 600. Let's, let's, let's round that down a little bit. And let's say, you know, 20% 
of the community is at 600 because a lot of the people that are making that percentage so sharp don't even play anymore, right? Maybe they don't even play anymore. So 20% are at 600 and 80% of the active player base is not at 600. Well, out of the 80%, I mean, how many people do you think look at the value add of a, of a new power power grind? How many of you think look at that and they're like, well, I don't give a frick about the new power grind. I'm 550. I'm 560. Why do I care about getting 650 when I'm not even to 600 yet? Um, so that I think is, I think that is just one of the things they've got to think about is, and this is the, this is the contradict, this is this challenge. How do you satisfy both ends of the spectrum? Why are there so many people vying for hardcore sentimentality, but then there's also people vying for casual sentimentality? How do you satisfy those people? Because clearly D2 didn't satisfy like the one end of the spectrum and it hurt the game. There was no grind. There was no reason to keep playing. I think even casual players could see that. They're like, I don't really understand what I'm supposed to be doing. There's nothing to really chase. Um, So given that reality, I think that we've learned both from the delivery of Forsaken and Black Armory and Destiny 2, there's got to be a better way to get into the middle. And I think one of the ways to do that is with difficulty. Difficulty settings is a really good way to let people feel a sense of, okay, I can play, but the real, the real, real pinnacle version of the content is over there at a much higher uh, power level. And then they, and then they, they level up and they have that incentive to level up and go do it. But while they're waiting or while they first, you know, get the content, they can try it out. Spectrum of difficulty is probably going to be a solution that gets pushed out in the next month or so. Just like I said, they were going to streamline leveling to 600. That was in a past talk, by the way, within a week, within a week ago, I said, they're going to streamline getting to 600. They've already done that. And they're going to probably do more to streamline the level to 600. Uh, saving Annihilator, congrats on the raids, man. One thing I noticed within this raid was that the final boss wasn't just an interactive prop. Riven, Callus, uh, they just stood there, they occasionally shot, moved around, and acted like an actual enemy. Did you enjoy it more because of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People that are like, let's do damage up here in the building. I'm like, we tried it, and we, we had a hard time, and I kind of like that. I like not feeling safe. Oh, we'll just go stand here and nothing can touch us and we'll shoot from here and then we'll get tons of damage on the boss. That's lame. I like how you have to adapt on the fly and I hope I hope it's really hard to consistently bait him to the front. Cuz if it's really hard to bait him to the front, it's really going to it's really going to make teams have to rise to the occasion. Right? That was like Axis. If you oh, I can't do empowerment. I don't know. I'll mess it up. Yeah, tough luck, man. You might get chosen for empowerment. You got to figure it the frick out. Move your feet and get over there and slam his back. You know, you didn't get a choice. You had you had to. You had to do your job. And I like being like, "Nah, dude, you can't just stand and dump and dump rounds into this guy's face." Now, you can master damage and and try and get really really good damage cycles on him with the buffs, but you know, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy, or that he's just going to stand there like a prop. As this this is a very good way of putting it, like just stands there like a prop. No, he's moving around, man. He's got guns. He's got three different three or four different attacks that you can stun to protect your friends from. Like it feels like we're interacting with an actual boss and a big big giant enemy. You know, so. 
that that's something oh you want to get a wardens like this people are people are enjoying the wardens with feeding frenzy and rampage yeah feeding frenzy is superior to outlaw in my opinion it's so close to the reload of an outlaw and i don't have to get uh, a headshot kill get the increased reload you know i don't i'm not even wearing uh hand cannon gloves by the way so this isn't even this isn't even as fast as feeding frenzy can be uh, if i was wearing the proper uh, proper gauntlets my shards of galanor rolled auto rifle which was not bad because when it dropped i was working on the breakneck but um and the breakneck's really fun uh valduvis should bungie add more dungeons like shatter and throne yes people are theorizing that's what naomi labs is will stizzle says lono uh don't you think it could have been easier for them to raise the light level difficulty to maybe 600 light so people who don't raid or crucible uh can make it to 600 light um oh raise the difficulty of stuff to 600 i mean I, I don't necessarily know if that's the solution, but um, I think they could have said, and this is what I've been this is what I've been arguing for. They could have said everything in the game now gets you to 600. If you're running strikes, public events, patrols, bounties, anytime gear drops, anytime gear drops, it can help you get to 600. Why? That level cap doesn't freaking matter anymore. Getting to 600 isn't an achievement anymore. So if you get people there faster, then they can be at the starting block ethos of Black Armory instead of being behind um, would be the way that would be. That would be my feedback is that you have to give people the inroad to the new content or it doesn't feel like new content. It feels like, what the frick? It feels like just a big giant gate in your way to enjoy the new content and say oh nope can't touch it you got to go you got to get to 600 first before you even want to dream about being even close to strong enough for this thought i killed him guess i didn't Next question from Bamford. Uh, do you think Bungie will ever find a good middle ground with hardcore solo players, or do you think solo players will just need to accept that the game is no longer for them? A complete and giant overstatement since they added matchmaking to the Forge, which is exactly what they wanted and what we've asked for for solo queue players to feel like they can play the game and have people to play with. So saying that, that this game is not for solo players completely ne like neglects and ignores the fact that they finally gave us matchmaking for content like The Forge. If anything, they're, they're helping you more than they ever have. Uh, now, do we need matchmaking in other things? Sure, and matchmaking in Forge can be a good first step to, to show Bungie and say, look, man, you guys gave us this, you guys gave us this as a solution, and it's great, please, you know, please give us more. But it's a gigantic overstatement to say that this game is no longer for solo players. The main content ad of Black Armory is built for you. Like, it's literally built for you. It's, it's, <laughs> it's got matchmaking in it. Now, if you don't, if you think the fact that they include raids, that that means that the content's not for you, I just completely and utterly disagree with that conclusion. 
this game is fine for solo. Now, again, what are you going to do about Gambit? I don't know. We spent a good bit of time talking about that. There's not a good solution for a team-based game mode if you go in solo. And I don't think that's unique as a problem. Uh, That's not a unique problem for Bungie. Like, come on, Bungie, figure this out. Any game that you go into, any game that you go into that says, hey, there's an objective here. If you go in without teammates, you're probably going to say, you know, wow, I can't get this done very well. The tr- that, that was true in Call of Duty. Like, my friends and I played played objective-based game modes, and we would win all day long because we just went up against randos. My friend came up with the term randos before I was a streamer. He called him Randy Moss. We had our own terms. We had our own jokes about playing against randoms because it was easy. Randoms aren't going to come together and grab the flag and hold the spot and do this and do that when we're a six stack just having our way with them. So that's not unique to Destiny, but I do think they're making plays and doing things to make solo players feel like there's options for them. You're just sometimes going to have to suck it up and say, if you're if you're coming into a multiplayer game by yourself, there's going to be stuff that's either out of your reach or you got to find people to play with. I mean, Destiny has been... And saying that it's no longer for them just doesn't make sense to me. There's more solutions in this game for solo players than there ever have been. There was no matchmaking for Court of Oryx. There was no matchmaking for Archon's Forge. You know? So, D1 had raids, had nightfalls, had strikes. They limited matchmaking. They didn't have matchmaking for raids. There were elements of that game, same deal. If you went into Trials, you needed a team. It was like the pinnacle version of team-based combat. So, I don't think it was has ever been not for you or is more not for solo players now. I don't think it's, I don't think, I think it's always kind of be, I think it's always kind of been in this lane of there's options for both, you know, figure out what matters the most to you. Man, I was really hoping to get a rare... Uh, one of her rare bounties, since those can be um, those can be powerful. I, I think I uh, just need to go back. Oh, we got a daily in Gambit. We could probably try and get a mark from there. Uh, we can do that later. Sacrificer, do uh, do you think that the dungeon is going to coincide with the Queen's last visit next Curse Week? Also, the date of the next Forge release? No idea. Maybe that sounds like a good prediction to me. Tribal, with the addition of the forges in the raid, do you think 650 is too low of a power cap until next season of the Drifter? No, because power level isn't a quality point for anybody. The hardcore guys grinded like crazy, got overleveled for the raid. Bungie cannot say that leveling is a value point, power level is a value point, and then launch the raid the same dadgum week as the, as the, as the Black Armory. You don't get to say both. You don't. That doesn't make any sense. The raid is 640, and it launched the same week Black Armory came out. So what do all the hardcore players do? Brown race to 650. How is leveling a value point if the hardcore players are hitting it the first week, and then it's just used as a hurdle for the rest of the player base? It's not a value point. 
it's the it's the opposite of a value point. It's 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 an it's a net zero. It's a net zero for the hardcore players. It's just a giant hurdle and a headache that makes us play twice as much the first week and then less the following weeks. And then the rest of the player base is like, for frick's sake, I'm not even 600 yet. What do you mean 650? Leveling is only a value point as a way to structure the end game. And then it's only a value point if you equip players to level up efficiently. It's not a value point if people have to game the system, do exploits, and grind like crazy the first week, and then leveling's a non-issue for hardcore players. We love the grind. That's why I think leveling should just be more streamlined and more paced, and then it's a grind, and it's part of it's part of the DLC. You launch the raid maybe a week later, not the first week. I don't know. I don't think we love banging our head against the wall praying for RNG. Maybe you're being sarcastic, Enviro. I I think that there's much better ways to structure this than it's been structured because it's just such a pendulum swing of value. Oh, you're joking. Okay, you're being facetious. I was going to say, I don't think anybody enjoys that. The, the, the leveling as a value point isn't landing on anybody right now, is it? It isn't. Last question from Romano Cheese. Should Leviathan and Layers be brought forward in power level to give us more options to get stronger gear and make them relevant? Uh, maybe you didn't realize this. Leviathan is dropping powerful gear above 600. Wait, we didn't run the raid layers. Are the raid layers dropping gear higher? Did we miss an opportunity for power? I don't think anybody was running the raid layers. Oh, not Leviathan and raid layer. I'm sorry, we were running Last Wish. My brain just totally, totally betrayed me. Should Leviathan and the two raid layers be brought up? We were running Last Wish. I just totally freaking blanked there. Leviathan does not drop higher. Um, given that the forge, the first forge was 625, and the raid was 6, the new raid was 640, and Last Wish helped people get, you know, level up, I think at the very least they could have said, hey, Leviathan and the raid layers are dropping up to 625. We'll get you half. We'll help you get halfway there. We'll help you get halfway there. So like PVE players could say, I could get some pretty big jumps if we go run Leviathan and the and the raid layers. The stuff in there can drop up to 625, right? I mean that 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 would be I think a good win. Um, I just don't know how long you want them to give you footing from Leviathan. I think that can that can lead to confusion of like, okay, so how much PVE content is there to grind for level? You know, how, yeah, it 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 can lead to I think almost like too much content relevancy. Maybe that maybe I'm saying a sentence that shouldn't be said. Can there be such a thing as too much content relevancy? Maybe I'm hearing myself say that out loud and I'm already disagreeing with myself. What are you talking about, Lono? How can there be too much content relevancy? You know, you sound like an idiot right now, Lono. Like, why wouldn't you want more people playing more content and having all the content matter? You know, maybe, maybe the challenge would be that content then leaves that ethos. And what do you do with the people that aren't 600 yet? But I think like a year later, like, are you running Leviathan within the vanilla experience? Probably not. So is it even worth keeping there? You know? I just got immunes on all those, but did it count for shards? It did count as shards because those counted as blade hits. That's funny. 
So we're going to cut the Q&A there. I'm going to keep streaming. Let's keep talking about this. I love the dialogue and we're going to jump into raids. So if you like watching the raids, don't go anywhere. Keep watching the stream. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching or listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.